0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about dry places. Anybody ever get dry here? Let me ask this group over here. Anybody over here get dry? The Bible talks a lot about dry places, and uh, I want to turn to one verse, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 15, I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. Almost everywhere in your Bible, dryness is always spoken of in the negative. And in our own personal life, it's usually negative. And so let's address that today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to be here. God, allow your mercy, your grace, your wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts and our minds and our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. About two weeks ago, I got a call, it was Sunday night, I taught on Revelation, I got home, it was uh, getting close to uh, 10 o'clock, and someone called and said, you have cows out in a certain place, and if you've ever owned them, they will get out. And so I went over to, to try to find them, and so I opened the, the gate to the pasture, and I drove down in there to see if I might find where they had gotten out, and uh, I'm driving through, it's uh, about 10 o'clock at night, it's dark, and I jumped up a big bobcat, and uh, so I'm going down there to try to find out, I couldn't find out where they got out, so I did find the cows, and I, I, I put them in a place that was close to our place, and uh, I, I couldn't get them in, but I thought I'll come back in the morning, and I'll try to get them in and fix the fence. So I ran them into this place, and uh, it, it's a place where the, one of the families in the church had owned over the years, and people had been dumping trash there. And uh, so you have to realize, it's, by this time it's about 11 o'clock at night, and there was a gate there that had fallen down, so I thought I'm going to put this gate up and, and keep them there till I can get back in the morning to get them over in our place. Well, someone had dumped a big, large, stuffed tiger by the gate. <laughs> and it had the big glass shiny eyes. So I'm reaching down to get the gate and my eyes fell over on this big tiger. Now you have to understand, I just jumped a bobcat earlier that night and my heart just kind of skipped a beat. Now I know there's not normally tigers in Oklahoma, but at 11 o'clock in the dark, the thought went through my mind, there may be a tiger in Oklahoma. And 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 I just you just kind of skipped a beat there, and then I looked at it and I realized somebody just threw out a big stuffed toy, and, and so the next day I, I go back and, and I see where a big tree had fallen over the fence, so I got to get the tree off, I got to get the cows back in, I got to rebuild the fence, and so it's 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 Monday when it's hundred and one degrees, and the heat index is about a hundred and five. And I have no water with me. I have no Gatorade, no Powerade. And so I work all day out into that, driving steel posts, putting up fence, trying to get cows in, chasing them around. And so I I get back home about four or five, and I thought, well, I'll sit down for a couple hours. When it gets cooler, about six or seven or eight, I'll go back and try to finish up. So I sit down in the chair, and muscle cramps from the devil (laughs) grip my whole body my toes contorted, I, I tried to get up to walk, softballs began to feel like they were appearing in my legs and my quads and my, my thighs and, and, my, and, and my calves, and literally I could not walk. I mean, I thought if, if a woman hurts this bad having a baby, I'm there. I'm, I'm sorry, ladies, but I was there. If crying would have helped, I would have wept. And my my beautiful wife nurse I'm thinking she's going to help me and give me remedy and she says you know better than that (laughs) to go out and work all day without water and something to replenish your body but let me tell you my body had dehydrated so much it took me hours just so I could walk again I mean it was the worst I had ever been dehydrated dryness is not a good thing And almost everywhere you find dryness, it's always in the negative. You know where the driest place in the world is? It's not the Sahara. It's not my front yard. uh, It's not yours. It's the Atacama Desert, which is right south of Peru, runs along Chile. It's about 600 miles stretch. It is the driest place on the earth. From about .02 to .04 to a tenth of an inch is all it gets an entire year since they've been recording rainfall there are some places in that desert that has never ever ever had rain the, the salt is so sterile that most plants or animals can never live in that environment just a few animals a few plants somewhere around the fringe live but it's the driest place on the planet and you know why it's so barren is because there's no moisture there. There's no rain. It's unlivable. People and animals can't live because it's so dry. Listen, dryness can grip anybody. And, and we have terms to this, and, and it's always negative. Uh, dry as a bone, dry as dries dust, cotton mouth. The people up north may not understand that. Cotton mouth, parched, thirsty, withered, dried up, shriveled, scorched. Dries the winter leaves, dry as sawdust, dry as chaff. The well is dry. My wallet is dry. My gas tank is dry. I'm running on fumes. Can, can you understand any of those terms? I heard a story. Someone told about two uh, nuns from the Sisters of Mercy who was caring for the elderly, and they were out checking some of the homebound elderly, and they ran out of gas, and they went about a block away. They weren't too far from the service station to get the gas can to come back and fill up their car, and the the attendant said, someone's already borrowed the gas can. Do you have a container? They went back, and they got a bedpan. So they filled the bedpan up full of gasoline, and they're pouring it into their car, and two guys drive by, and one guy said, that's faith. The other guy says, if that car runs, I'm going to be in church on Sunday. (laughs) But dry is never good. And everybody has a negative when you're dry. Uh, A dry sense of humor. A dry personality. A a dry business. It's negative. Uh, Negative when you're dealing with people. Sometimes there's negative people that are disengaged, disenchanted. Dry people in your family. Anybody got a dry person in your family, don't hold up your hand. But the same is true biblically. Nearly everywhere dryness is mentioned in the Bible, it is always negative. Uh, Isaiah chapter 27 verse 11. When the boughs and the twigs are dry, they're broken. I've seen Carrie do this so many times. She'll walk by a plant, looks like it's dead. You know what she does? She reaches up and gets, gets a part of the limb and she begins to twist it. If it breaks, guess what? It's dead. If, if it bends, if it, if it uh, you know, comes back, there, there's some life in it, it's green. Uh, but how many of you know some people who snap easy? Yeah. They're dry, they're, they're brittle, they're not flexible, no moisture, no water, no life. Now, this is no more clear than the prophet Isaiah. In his prophetic writings, he deals with this over and over and over. As the Holy Spirit moves upon Isaiah, I want you to listen very closely. Chapter 35, verse 1, for the waters... Are needed in the wilderness. How many believe that? Waters are needed in the wilderness. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Verse 6 and 7. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and thirsty ground springs of water. I will open up rivers, Isaiah 41, verse 18. I will open up rivers in desolate heights, fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water, dry land springs of water. Isaiah 44, 3. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Uh, Perk up with me just for a minute. Look at me. There's a correlation... Between pouring out water and pouring out the Spirit. Did you catch it in that last verse? He said, I will pour out my water on the dry and thirsty land, and I will pour out my Spirit upon you and your descendants. There's this pouring forth of water and pouring forth of the Spirit. Does God know something he's trying to give us? Is there a key here that we need to understand to change our own lives? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. Because the Holy Spirit being poured out is symbolic As water is poured out, that is a symbol of the Holy Spirit being poured out. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 29, for I will pour out my spirit on the people of Israel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Verse 29, in those days I will pour out my spirit. Peter picks that up on the day of Pentecost. Remember in Acts 1, go back to the upper room, tarry for the promise of the Father. They go back to the upper room, they're waiting, the Holy Spirit comes down, and then they don't know what it means. The people that are watching those with the Holy Spirit, they think they're drunk. Not much has changed in 2,000 years, but you, they think they're drunk. And they said, you know, what does this mean? Peter gets up and preaches. He said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet. And he says, in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men, your old men shall dream dreams and have visions. He talked about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. As water is poured out, so is the Holy Spirit poured out. We need the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. Nobody's exempt from this. Jesus said, you were born of the water and of the Spirit. John the baptizer says, I can baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that's mightier than I that can baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The apostle John writes, the Spirit, the water, and the blood are in agreement. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth without Form, void, darkness, the abyss. But notice, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Whenever you see waters, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And when you're dry, what do you need? You need moisture. You need to be hydrated. Do you realize that sometimes we can be so dry and dehydrated, we have physical symptoms? I can testify to that. I mean, we we become dizzy and disoriented, we have headaches, we have cramps, we have irritability, we can become sleepy, lethargic, the inability to stand or walk, rapid heart rate, we lose lose our elasticity, we become dried out. I mean, there's so many things. And and the areas of our life that get dry, sometimes it is areas that are just not physical but it can even be emotional. Your personality can be dry lifestyle can be dry your marriage can be dry your business can be dry your commitment your faithfulness your fruitfulness can be dry your vision can be dried out you ever heard of dry eyes I mean there's a symptom of dry eyes that a person can have and there's medication for that so sometimes people just get dried out and I think many times our careers our marriages our lives need an IV infusion to reduce the dryness that we face sometimes. Sometimes in marriage, passion needs to be infused and grace and understanding and love and commitment, a new spirit of expectation and excitement. What do you need to pour in today? What, what does God need to infuse in your life? Carrie and I have a plan outside of our uh, French doors. you go out to the back of our house. It's, it's been there for years as far as I know. And... Uh, you understand, I'm very observant. But uh, beautiful green plant has white blooms that come off of it. But every once in a while, if we neglect it for a little while, I'll walk out the back door and the leaves are kind of going like that. And the bloom is kind of laid over to the side and, and the, the, the color's leaving it. And I'll go over, we have a white uh, water pitcher there by the the sink, and I'll, I'll fill up that pitcher, and I'll go by that plant, and I'll pour the water into its pot. And literally, it's only a few minutes. Those leaves will begin to stand back up. That bloom will get back erect, and the color will come back to that plant. And the only problem it had was it was just dried out. It needed water. And that plant has beauty in it, but if it gets dry, we see the withering of the plant. But if we get the right thing in it, then it begins to stand back up. Listen, I don't want to be an old, dry, shriveled up, crusty person. And there's a lot of people that are just dried up, shriveled people. And I'm not talking about the inside or the outside. I'm talking about all of it. And age is not a factor. You can be a dried-up, shriveled person and be 16. Or you can be a dried-up, shriveled person at 80. Somebody say amen. Amen. The difference is, are we hydrated? Are we infused with what we need? Because we don't want to be that shriveled-up, dry, crusty person. Listen, I don't want to belong to a dry church. I don't want dry worship. I don't want dry singing. I don't want dry preaching. I don't want dry teaching. I need to be infused with something. I need something that's passionate and alive and flowing and the pouring out of the spirit. Because we can't just go through emotions and sermons and lessons. and, And I don't want to have a dry congregation. Let me tell you a story, a true story. Years ago, we didn't have a television in our living room. We, we had one in the bedroom, and the boys would have to come in our bedroom to watch television. And Aaron was about this tall. And for some reason, and I don't know why, I walked through, and he has it on a Christian station. It's TBN, Daystar, and what's on. And T.D. Jakes is preaching. How many of you know T.D. Jakes is a preacher? I mean, he can preach. And so Aaron, my little boy, he's sitting there On the carpet in front of the television, and he's watching TD Jakes, and Jakes is bringing it on. I mean, and the congregation is all you know fired up. And I walked by, and Aaron looked at me, and he said, "Dad, he said you could preach like that." (laughs) And the next line shocked me. He said, "Dad, you could preach like that if you had a congregation like that." (laughs) That's a true story. Listen, it doesn't just start here. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Because if you've ever stood here, Trying to be passionate, and if there's no hydration out here and no passion out here, it's hard. Whether you're singing, playing, preaching, teaching, or if you're out here and you're hydrated and Mr. Stiffness gets up here and he is dry and crusty and old, it's tough out there. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We have got to have a pouring out of the Spirit here, 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 and everywhere because dryness is very negative. So there is scripture after scripture after scripture that we need pools of water, rivers of water. Isaiah said we need streams in the desert and when you walk out of these doors today and when you go to work tomorrow, there's some desert out there and you better bring your own stream because the river will have the stream for you. You will have to have your stream. Can I hear an amen? And everybody goes through that. Nobody's exempt. We feel parched and dehydrated, disoriented, dizzy, and sometimes our walk becomes erratic because we go through dry places at times. But we have to look for the right thing to pour into our lives. How many of you know some people pour the wrong thing into their life? They know there's something missing. They know they're dehydrated on the inside. This has got to be more than this. And this is what I know physically. You can drink alcohol. You can drink Cokes. You can drink Dr. Pepper. Uh, I'm meddling now. You, you can drink Mountain Dew. You, you can drink coffee. But you know what they say? They actually contribute to your dehydration because it's not what your body needs. And sometimes people know there's something missing. I'm dehydrated in my spirit. I'm dehydrated in my soul. So I'll try pornography, drugs. I'll I'll try alcohol. I'll try this. And guess what? It doesn't make you better. It makes you worse. Because you're not infusing yourself. I'm not infusing myself with what I need. And we know what we need. We really do. But if we pour the right things in, our leaves begin to come back up. Our bloom comes back up. Our color comes back up. We with the, the plants standing by the door and say, look at me, I'm hydrated. <laughs> right? Man. Peter addresses this, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. He has just seen the healing of the lame man by the power of Jesus Christ. Look on us, silver and gold we don't have, but we do have something. We're hydrated with something. We do have something in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the lame man walks. He's never walked before. Daily he's laid there. He goes in leaping and praising God. And then Peter begins to preach. And this is what he says in verse number 19. Because he's talking to a bunch of religious people who are upset because God's done a miracle. And this is what Peter says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Goodness gracious, when I come home and I'm tired and I'm sweaty and I'm just done and Carrie brings me a glass of tea, hallelujah, and I get in the shower, I come out, guess what, I'm refreshed. But here's the keys. Peter says, how do you get refreshed From the Lord, number one was what? You've got to repent. He says, repent. And it's not just, I'm sorry, but you've got to go a different direction. He said, repent and turn to God. If you're turning to God, it means you're turning away from something else. Because you can't turn to God and keep looking at the same old life and the same old failure and the same old faults and the same old life. I'm repenting. God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I am turning to you. And then the third thing, he says, your sins will be blotted, wiped out of your life. Hallelujah. For the grace and the mercy of God. Your sins will be blotted out. And then he says... Then the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, I want the refreshing, but I don't want to repent. I don't want to turn to God, and I don't want to change my life. Well, guess what? You won't have the refreshing. Can I tell you? There's an order of chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, turn to God, let your sins be dealt with, and then the refreshing will come. So if you're looking for refreshing today, I'm telling you, Peter gives us an order of that refreshing. And there's a danger in staying too long in a dry place. Let me tell you why. Matthew chapter 12 verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a person, it walks through dry places. Say that with me. It walks through... Dry places. Let's all say it. It walks through dry places. Where is the enemy walking through? Dry places. Not because I said it. That's what the word of God says. Why doesn't he walk through well watered places? Why doesn't he walk through hydrated places? Because he is at his best when someone is dry. When someone is not where they should be, if they're not hydrated in the Spirit, the dry places are lacking the water of the Holy Spirit. He cannot have his way if we're full of the Holy Spirit but he can walk through the dry places. The adversary does his best work in the dry places. When we are dry, we're more susceptible to the advances of the enemy. Can I hear an amen? Your enemy as a roaring lion is roaming about seeking whom he may devour. Where does he roam? He roams in the dry places. Ronnie and I were sitting at the table the other day and he told me a story. He said, this is a story my brother tells a lot. He said there was an old man, a farmer, who lived out the edge of town and next to him was an old evil woman, a mean woman. And this farmer, for some reason, was the target of this old woman. And of course, it was years ago and he got his water out of the well and this woman would contaminate his well by throwing dead cats in it. And he'd try to clean it out. She'd throw more dead cats in it. He'd dig a new well. And she'd throw dead cats in the well. And finally one day he said, Come on, guys, help me. I, I gotta dig a new well. So they began to dig a new well and they hit the water sand and and they said, Well, you have some water now. He said, No, keep digging, keep digging. And they dug deeper and deeper and deeper, and they hit another sand. And they said, Well, you got more water now. And he said, No, keep digging deeper, deeper. And they kept digging deeper, and they hit an artesian sand. And this artesian well sprang up, and water is flowing out of the ground. It's blowing up out of the ground. And the old man said, Let her try to throw a dead cat in that. hard for the enemy to throw something in your life, your heart, your soul, if you've got a flow coming out of you. Let him try to throw a dead cat in you if you've got a flow coming out of you. Amen? We need to be hydrated. We don't need to be dry because he's at his best in the dry places. Now, I, I want to say something to you, and I want you to listen very closely, because in John chapter 7, here's a verse that we know, but this is the setting the context in John chapter 7 they're celebrating the feast of tabernacles of Sukkot it's a feast that lasts about seven days there's two primary elements of Sukkot the first one was it's the end of the harvest it's the last of September the first of October so they're celebrating the harvest is coming to a close but the most important part of that celebration was remembering their traveling in the exodus in the wilderness wilderness say that with me Wilderness. Get, get the picture. They're wandering in the wilderness, dry, thirsty, not enough food, not enough provision, not enough water. Sometimes God had to bring water out of the rock or they were going to die, right? So that is the setting there. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And at this feast, they're remembering the dryness. They're remembering the wilderness. And on the last day of the feast, Jesus gets up, chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried. I mean, he cried out loud saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as scripture has said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. The next verse says this. He is speaking of the Holy Spirit. Even though the Spirit had not yet been given, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Your attention, please. For seven days, they have celebrated this feast. And all of a sudden, Jesus gets up on the last day and he cries this out. Do you realize that religion can keep you thirsty? That feasts and festivals can not always quench your thirst. That denominationalism or churches or pastors or personalities can always fill up your need, right? So Jesus, the last day of the feast, they've gone through all the ceremony and the feasting. He says, if you're still thirsty, come unto me and I'm going to give you water that will flow out of your life and flow out of your belly. Listen, sometimes we do church well, we don't do life well. We're good here, but it's Monday, and it's Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday that gives us the rough time. Let me tell you, you just don't need to have it on Sunday. You need it every day of your life. Can I hear an amen? So we have to have that river of living water flowing out of us. And as I said, nearly every scripture in the Bible, dryness is always negative except three. Can I give those three to you as we leave? Here's number one. When Moses and the children of Israel are leaving the bondage of Egypt, they came to the Red Sea, and a strong east wind blew all night long, and God parted the sea, and they walked over on what kind of ground? They walked over on dry ground. Here's the second one. Joshua and the children of Israel trying to get to the promised land. It's the time of the harvest. The Jordan River is flooded, and God tells Joshua, have the priest put the ark on their shoulders, slide the poles through, let them carry the ark into the water. And when they get into the water, guess what happened? The water parted and the Bible says all of Israel crossed over on dry ground. Here's the third one. Elijah is about to be caught up to heaven. Elisha's is following. He gets to the Jordan River. He takes the mantle, which is symbolic of his anointing, the Holy Spirit. He wraps it up around his wrist. He smites the water. The water parts. And Elijah and Elisha walks over on dry Ground. And when Elijah's taken up, Elisha does the same thing on the way back. He takes the mantle, wraps it around his wrist, and he smites the water. And he says, Where is the God of Elijah? And the water parts again, and Elisha walks over on dry ground. Everyone I told you are transitional moments. Sometimes in our life we're in a transitional moment. It seems like it's dry, it's dry, it's dry, but sometimes God has just taken you from one place to the next place he was taking them from bondage to liberty he was taking them through Joshua from the wilderness to the promised land he was taking Elijah from being just a follower to now your leader yeah. and sometimes it's dry but guess what they didn't always stay in the dryness but the dryness was transitional And you and I sometimes go through transitional times in our life and you may be there right now you may be dry in your marriage your soul your spirit your business you could be dry because depression and anxiety and worry has come in and just like a dead cat you need something to flush it out you need the Holy Spirit you need God to move in your life that you don't stay there. You can transition, but don't stay there. I want you to bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.